How's it going, everybody? The Sly Dog here up top. I uh, just wanted to do a short little intro here and explain a few things. So what you're listening to is the first episode of the Sly Dog Summer Tour uh, special that's going on. So basically what this is, it's a series of four episodes that I recorded. It, it all started when, um, you may know, a few months ago after I went and saw Alice Cooper and Ace Frehley, me and my buddy Mark. Shout out, Mark. Uh, he, check him out on TikTok if you follow. If he's on TikTok, fully involved, Mark. Anyways, uh, we did an episode kind of impromptu just talking about the show. And I put that up, and it ended up being a really good episode for me. It did really well. So I thought it might be fun if I chose some of the concerts I was going to coming up and did a similar thing, but with my significant other, who will just be known as The Wife, uh, just talking about the show we'd just seen, the venue, all that stuff, just kind of off the top of our heads having fun, and then just put it out there and seeing how it does. Um, so there's four of these episodes uh, in the can right now. This is the first one. And I wanted to pop in real quick to let you know that like the whole nature of this is to be kind of spontaneous and off the cuff. So there's nothing really planned. If I stumble at times, you know, I didn't mean to. And if I forget names, like I definitely did in this first episode. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean to do that. I apologize to Roy and Mikey from the Culture Club uh, for mixing you two up multiple times, as you'll hear in this episode. But it's loose. It's fun. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, and the sound quality is what it is because it's just recorded off my phone. If you guys like these and I decide to keep doing them, I might find a way to record these. Uh, better get some kind of little device I can take in the car with me. But right now, these are just off the air conversations as they are. So whatever uh, audio uh, tamp tampering needs to be done or is there, that's what it is. You get, you get what you get. Uh, but I hope you enjoy it. I think you're in for a good time here. Uh, this first one, we went and saw Culture Club, and it was an absolute blast. It was the perfect way to follow my most recent episode, which uh, if you haven't listened to the Culture Club album by album, go listen to that. But anyways, I'm going to shut up now and roll that intro music. Uh, this is uh, Sly Dog's Summer Tour, Episode 1. Check it out. Welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and doing another little one of these special concert review episodes since the first one with Mark was so successful. I'm here now with my significant other who just wishes to be known as the wife. Say hi, wife. Hi, wife. <laughs> so we just got done seeing the fabulous, the immaculate Culture Club. Of course, featuring Boy George. It's now billed as Boy George and Culture Club because... I guess, you know, you know, he is the face of the band. I don't think there's any disputing that. Wouldn't you agree? Sure. <laughs> it's okay. You can be a little nervous, but uh, let's let's kind of start at the beginning. Uh, I'm a lifelong Culture Club fan. Uh, I mean, I'm a younger Culture Club fan. I got into them when I was like in uh, 6th or 7th grade. Of course, that was in the mid-2000s. Um, you just knew the hits growing up, right? You know Karma Chameleon and Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, right? Yeah. So you, you didn't you didn't know the back catalog until you start started hanging out with me. <laughs> yeah, basically. So what were your kind of uh, 
expectations going into the show. I'll tell say mine in a second, but you're you're kind of have the uh, outsider perspective. What what did you what were you thinking going into this? Um, not much really. Um, as usual, when I go to these random concerts that you drag me to, <laughs> um, I know the stuff that you play me, and that's about it. And I'm about to kill this guy who's trying to turn in front of me. Sorry. That's all right. L.A. traffic, it's, it's a hell of a thing, We're folks. We're not in L.A. We're in San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Um, Cal <laughs> SoCal traffic, it's a hell of a thing, folks. Um. Um, so, yeah, my expectations weren't really high. I figured I'd hear the songs that I knew and that I would watch Fly Dog geek out that about was a Freudian slip. It's the, okay. the random songs that he knew and nobody else knew, which is far for the course with us. I think you were a little more excited for this show than some of the other ones, though. I, 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 I wouldn't say you like you're a diehard fan like I am, but you certainly do seem to enjoy this music when I put it on. You dance to it with the dog. Well, yeah, because this isn't the some of the the context of some of the music you listen to isn't always my favorite. <laughs> His songs are a little more a little more depth to them it, it, it's love and romance and yeah dancing yeah it's it's a lot more it's more upbeat and yeah dancey i guess it's reggae more with big feelings and, and fun <laughs> and fabulous <laughs> yeah definitely fabulous in fact george has always looked great tonight i mean his outfit was like i kind of was describing it earlier as now he's got this signature thing where he's got these like big hats he wears, always a different one. And tonight's was kind of like a navy blue, it looked like. And he had this like navy blue. To me, it looked like a bit like a captain's jacket, like a sailor's jacket. And it had like these like stringy, netty things hanging off it, which felt kind of made me feel like, okay, like he's been pulled out of the water. He's playing a show. Because this venue we're at, Humphreys Concerts by the Bay, is in a harbor. Uh, so it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. He's like a pirate that's just been like pulled out of the water, but he's a fabulous, you know, boy George pirate. Do you have some thoughts on the outfit? So, I, I know you had something you wanted to say about this. Yeah, so I mean, I love his outfits, like you said, with the hat and how you can tell he puts it all together and his long, like, overcoat style. It was like, like you said, it was a, uh, like a navy blue, like, suede or velvety thing and everything was all the same color his shirt his the shirt he had underneath and his pants and his shoes were all that same blue color but then he had these circles out like it was either thread or string or yarn they were yellow it was sewn into the jacket and then it was just like the extra was hanging off and the whole time i just like i really wanted to reach up and just like pull it off it's like you know you have like an extra string on your jacket you see somebody has an extra like a string hanging off their jacket and you're like oh here let me get that for you like it was just driving me crazy the whole night like i just wanted to pull the little strings off and just leave the little circles the little circles are fine but the hanging little strings were just like like driving me nuts i just wanted to pull them all off it's called because they didn't belong it's called fashion darling it's, that was like a sewing machine exploded. <laughs> what did he not fashion? What did he say on stage? Uh, uh, heat is the enemy of fashion. Yeah, I don't know. He look. He did look good though, and he's his fashion is usually interesting. But that just was kind of. It wasn't even bizarre. It was just I don't know. It triggered your OCD. I mean, 
No, but <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of like that really has no point to it. I I I maintain he looked he looked pretty cool. He did look good. Yeah, he he looks a lot better than he he has before. Yep. Yeah. He, he wasn't too too you know he wasn't too skinny, wasn't too big. His makeup looked amazing. He looked healthy. He sounded good. He sounded healthy. He so. was a he was a firecracker of wit tonight. J just you you know, like not afraid to throw shade. Like they're oh, like yeah. like we said you know they're people in we're in, we're in a harbor so people have paddled up in boats to watch the show. And he says I think after like the first maybe even the second song he go he he said I also want to address the people out there in the expensive boats uh, watching the show who didn't pay for tickets. <laughs> just know that I love you as well. <laughs> well, and he also was like calling out people who were sitting down. That's another thing that surprised me. I was expecting with the crowd that as some of our other, you know, concerts that we have gone to with a similar aged crowd, you have a lot of people who sit down and who don't want to stand up and cheer and scream, but I guess it's also different types of music. So I was really shocked when most of the people were standing up for most of the concert. Yeah, I never sat down. Yeah. Uh, I was shaking my ass, uh, probably to your horror. I mean, I'm used to it by now. <laughs> uh, and the funny thing about that is, I would say Culture Club, like, if we're just going in terms of, like, music that has energy and, like, speed, like, it's a very mellow, like, just, like, it's a reggae beat. It's smooth. It, you sway to it, but you can still dance to it. It's good for white girl dancing. Yeah, yes, it is. It's perfect for that. <laughs> it, it really is. Like, and we go to, like, shows, like, you know... Sticks, Dennis DeYoung, uh, you know, classic rock that's got like oomph and loud guitars and like that. There, the the people just sit until we get to the one song they want to hear. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a different type of audience type, but a, an audience I enjoyed. Uh, they were entertaining, and even if they were a little too wasted at times, they were super wasted. Like yeah. the girl in front of us who like literally fell into the row of chairs. Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't see that. I wasn't people watching. I was too like. I, I'm the people. Yeah. For my profession. Yes, yes, you are. Uh, yeah, like, like I, I'll say, I'll say this in another Culture Club episode I'm gonna do do recently. But like, uh, I'm such a big fan. Like, I watch, I taped a concert of theirs off the TV as a kid, and I'd watch it over and over again. So like, this show just meant so much to me to go to. Um, so why don't we get into like, let's get into the songs uh, as it is. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect them to play because this was their first show of 2022. Uh, they'd kind of done some sporadic stuff in 2021 in the UK. And I noticed that during those shows, they played a lot of unreleased music. Um, I think there's an album ready to go in the can, uh, the follow-up to Life, which was a fantastic record. And uh, we got a healthy dose of new songs tonight, um, mm -hmm. which was received in varying manners of... Uh, positivity um all positive for me uh not always uh not excited always from crowd. yeah that i believe during the uh i think the song was called hold me uh they more people were interested in taking pictures of the moon which was kind of sad yeah more people were taking pictures of the the fading like orange sunset horizon that was very beautiful than they were paying attention to the new song that the band was playing yeah i will admit i was one of them well, I give you a pass because because you, you, because you're already like just going off of secondhand knowledge. So well, and I also like to take photos. 
You do. You, that, that is a hobby of yours, so you get a pass. I'm guessing Wasted Karen is not always uh, like a photographer unless she's, you know, four, four white claws to the wind. So. I don't even think it took four men for some of those ladies. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's get, to, let's get to the set list proper. Uh, they opened with a new song, which I didn't get the name of uh, yeah. off the top of my head. I think it was like something... Basically, the idea of it was something amazing is about to happen. And I thought that was a good opener. It was like a smooth, slow reggae jam. Uh, any memories you'd like to share on that one? Um, I'm surprised that's the, what they started with, honestly. Me too. Because I don't think, like, to start a show with something like that that nobody knows is kind of an interesting way to get the crowd going because the crowd was already really excited and they were already kind of late starting so everybody was like super ready to go and then they play that song and I mean everybody's still stayed standing up but it was just kind of like a almost like a, a, a wet blanket unfortunately yeah yeah I, I, I know what you mean it look it takes balls the size of grapefruits to do that and I'm, I'm sure George's balls are the size of grapefruits he's 61 now um <laughs> But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it was definitely a ballsy move that, like, it was mixed. Uh, there was one song we'll talk about later that was a new song I thought got really good reception. Um, yeah, it was an interesting opener. Then we move right into our first hit of the night, uh, It's a Miracle, and that popped everybody off. I mean, that's a classic track from Color by Numbers. I thought, uh, I was like, okay, this is the energy that people want, and you could see that right away. Yeah, you could tell that everybody's like, okay, I know this one, let's go. Yep, everybody was happy. It was it was great. And then yeah. uh, after that, uh, we move into uh, here. Oh, shit, we dropped out for a second. Sorry, we dropped out. Uh, so the next song was "I'll Tumble for You," and that went over like gangbusters. Um, I loved it. Uh, great little reggae number. Uh, when I think you were getting a kick out of me dancing to that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, was that? Well, where... that was the first one I recognized too. Yeah. Because the the second song, like. I kind of knew it, but I didn't really know it. But when I tumbled for you, it came on. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I know this one. And then you I, you really knew that one, and you were like... Because was that the one where he did the twerking thing? Yeah, beforehand, yeah, yeah. he was like shaking was his ass. Like, okay, this is one you really got to dance to. And he was like doing different little types of like... Dance moves. Dance moves, and that guy just totally ran a red light. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was doing different little kinds of dance moves. So Fly Dog was... Uh, getting ready to twerk and <laughs> luckily for everybody else around us I was there to keep that from happening <laughs> gotta make them cheeks clap I'm telling you uh, he'll be a boy for you but you need more I'll tumble for you <laughs> I love that song that was one like growing up I always loved it because it's such an ex it was an exotic song to me I didn't know anything about reggae music in fact when it comes to reggae I'm still kind of like a novice like it's not something I listen to much of but I love Culture Club so yeah when that came on I was happy and then the next song oh that was another one that just uh it made my soft iron a big iron uh, move away I fucking love move away that song is a banger uh just a great bubbly pop song I was dancing to that one uh yeah that like I think I would holy shit or like oh yeah like I, I got really yeah. excited when that one started uh you have any thoughts on move away You don't like that one? I don't necessarily remember that one. Move, move, move away from me, darling. Oh, okay, yeah. I remember that one. That one was good, too. I think I, that's one of the ones that I knew. 
Yeah. Sorry, I'm not yeah. very good at that. Yeah, a, you're doing fine. You're doing <laughs> fine. Look, the whole point of a podcast is to be off the cuff sometimes. Uh, that, especially one like this. Especially Sorry. one like no, it, it's fine. I'm like trying to drive and I don't know where I am. <laughs> this is this is what editing is for, my dear. Uh, but we're not just gonna put this out raw. I mean, uh, you can put some of my weird driving stuff in there if you want. Where it's funny, I will. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, move away was great. The crowd loved it. You know, we just we just had three hits back to back. Bam, 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 bam. Everybody's back in. So you know what? It's obviously time for a new song. Uh, this one I really liked. Uh, the crowd. This is when they decided to take pictures of the moon. Um, I thought it was either called "Hold On" or "Hold Me" or something like that. It was kind of. I think a, it was "Hold On." Hold on, yeah. and it was a bit of a slower number, but it had a really groovy bass line. That was uh, really Ro- pretty. From uh, from Roy, I think is the bass player's name. I'm so bad with names. Like yeah. it's the Boy George band. I know I shouldn't say that, but you know he's who you recognize. Uh, yeah, man, that had a really cool groove, groovy vibe, and I hope that makes the record. Um, and then we got another. We got the first and only uh, Boy George solo number of the night from his solo career. We got Everything I Own which is a cover of a bread song from the 70s. Um, I love that his version of it, and I love that they played it. I thought it went off really well. Um, it made me happy. I was dancing again to that one, and I was surprised how much the audience liked it. Like, that was one I kind of was... When he started, I was like, okay, are we going to know this? Because it wasn't a hit in the U.S. It was a hit in the U.K., but everybody knew it. Everybody loved it. Like, wouldn't you say? Sure. You need me to refresh you again? Sure. I would give everything. Oh, yeah. I know that song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that went over like gangbusters again. Well, yeah, because was the original, the original was a hit in the U.S. Yeah, Bread's. Yeah. Bread did it originally. Bread's original, yeah. So people hear things that are like, nostalgia! Ah! <laughs> they don't care who's singing. Yeah, no. It, but I, lo- I love his arrangement. I love the reggae uh, vibe of that. So that was very cool. Um, let's see. Setless Land. I think, yeah, up next was a, a song about a uh, friend. Boy George introduced it as a song oh, about his yeah. uh, friend's 13, awesome. year, 13 year old daughter. Uh, it was called Eyeliner Voodoo. Yeah, he said that he was talking about being 13 and being angsty, and he saw her and she just had this like fabulous eyeliner on, and it inspired him to write the song. And it's like about basically like being who you are and being yourself and it was inspired by this 13 year old girl who's trying to figure her shit out yeah I mean which is awesome yeah there's a great line in the song like you are enough and uh you can never like like, when life gets tough you know put on more eyeliner (laughs) you never have too much eyeliner but yeah I thought that was cool I think the audience was a little warmer to that one than they had been to some of the other ones that one was a little more upbeat than some of the other ones too and I think you said that one had been released right yeah that one had been released on uh Spotify at least so people could hear it they've been playing it live actually since uh 2019 even that one had been played live so that's one that's I'm sure that'll make the record but yeah that was a good one then we get another we get a uh we get a classic we, but it's rearranged, and I think it threw everybody for a loop. But I thought it was really cool. That was super cool. I, I thought, liked it was, that do a lot. you really want to hurt me? That was, I liked that a lot. Because I feel like that's a song everybody knows and wants to hear. And he didn't say it, but I feel, that could get old after a while. So oh, yeah. I could see why they would want to rearrange it and like 
redo it a different way to make it more fun and more challenging for like him vocally and for the musicians otherwise it's like almost like karaoke i would think I, I, oh yeah exactly and i had almost like i'd say would you say it was like a smoky loungy vibe to yeah it? it was it was really really interesting yeah it was really cool i i i honestly hope like hey you want to throw an extra bonus track on that new record i would take that I loved it. I thought it was great. I think the audience wanted it to kick in and go into that classic reggae beat, but uh, it never did. Uh, it, it was very stripped back. It was very floaty, and it was beautiful. I loved it. I thought it was a very cool way to rearrange a song. So kudos to you, to you Culture Club, uh, to Roy and Boy. And <laughs> he rhymed. Yeah, well, there, they, there was a shirt online that said, it was. I think it said, like, Roy, Boy, and not Craig. Uh, uh, Roy Boy and Troy? No, 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 no. Like the bass player, no. uh, Mikey. Roy Boy and Mikey. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry, Mikey and Mikey and Roy. I'm, I appreciate you guys. You are talented. Uh, you're wonderful. You're just woefully overshadowed by your wonderfully flamboyant frontman. So uh, I apologize. But and his strings. And his strings. Yes, his marionette strings. Dance for the Puppet Master. Um, and the next, we got to the part of the show that meant the most to me because it was it's a song that I used to listen to when I was happy. Like, I, I listened to it when I was sad. sad. Like, if, some, if I had been spurned by some girl I had a crush on in, like, junior high, I would go home and listen to that song. Yeah, a lot of girls. Uh, and, and just feel my emotions. And that song is Victims. Uh, I love that song. It's a big, beautiful ballad. And... George always gets a heartfelt performance of it, and like I filmed the whole thing just because I had to have it. I had to have that memory preserved. It's such an important song to me, and yeah, I, I was over the moon. Like I, I think you tried to talk to me a few times around the song. And I was just like, eh, no, no, just I, I need this. I need this this week, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was done beautifully. What? Any thoughts on that one? Uh, I think that was while I was things were going on we had a mini crisis come through for, for me so i think that song and the next song i was not paying too much attention to but yeah you you weren't acknowledging me <laughs> I, I was in i was on another plane of existence um it was done so well also there was something i don't know if you caught this at the beginning of their, that song there was something weird going on like it sounded like there was like some yelling or uh like it sounded like honest to me it sounded like yelling kids uh, like while the piano introduction was going on and like even uh, Mikey I think it's Mikey Mikey looked up and they he looked at George and George looked at him and they were kind of like huh? what's going on? And then like George just kind of was like that ah, keep going mm -hmm. uh, so not sure what happened there but yeah there was some I, strangeness there were some kids out in the, boat, in the boat so I wonder if it was that the boats and hoes fuckers anyways uh so yeah that that was over the moon um i could have died a happy man at that at that at that moment like you could have taken me out of the show and i would have been fine like i got everything i wanted in that moment you told me that i probably would have <laughs> <laughs> no no I, I still have to finish it uh that's, that was just my highlight of the show uh there was great stuff after it but that was you know the pinnacle that was the moment i was waiting for like that was me that was the that was the climax and uh everything else was like was this like my sandwich and my string cheese to replenish my protein and i'm still having a good time so uh now that i've collapsed into a towel of myself and i've 
jizzed on this song enough. Uh, we will be moving on to uh, another new song. Uh, yeah, Planet please, let's move on. <laughs> Planetary Carmel. You're never going to do this with me again, are you? No. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, this is fun. I'm, I'm enjoying this, by the way. This, I'm this glad is. You are. <laughs> a Planetary Karma. Rape uh, it! Sorry. Rape. <laughs> rapists. Rapists on the freeway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, another new song. Uh, of course, George made the joke we had to write a second song with the word karma in it. Um, I was a little distracted during this one because I was trying to figure out from you what the fuck was going on yeah. with your thing. Sorry. Um, that's okay. That song, like, once I kind of got into it, 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 it was all right. It wasn't my favorite of the new songs, but it wasn't bad either. I think once I hear that one in the context of whatever album they're working on, I'll like it more. But that was that was all right. Then we got the ultimate new song, I think, the best new song of the night, uh, "Drop the Needle," uh, which is just about the joy of music. It was about you know, like drop the needle on the vinyl, have some joy, sing along to your favorite songs. It was it felt like a classic culture club song. It felt like it could have come off one of those '80s records, and it was just good. The audience got into it too, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's definitely one that kind of Yeah, that pulled I, you back in. I stood back up and started pay, paying more attention. Yeah, that was a that was a beautiful moment. Pulled me away from my crisis. That music does that. The magic of music. Yeah, I was ha I was happy with that one, and I'm kind of bummed that one isn't online anywhere for me to like go listen to or download before the record comes out because I fucking love that song now. Um, George, I'm, I'm I'm gonna hold you to it. That better be on the record. Uh, so next, uh, back to the classics, uh, we got uh, another one of my favorites. We got Church of the Poison Mind, which is taking us to church, man. Like, it's a Motown-style song, and it was just fun. Everybody was happy they played that. Everybody's up out of their seats. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's having a good time. Like, that was... You know what I was happy about about that one? The what? girl with the fucking vinyls in her hand went closer to the front of the stage and was not <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize she was blocking your view. I couldn't see. Like she was holding them up, and every time I tried to take a picture or a video, her damn vinyls were waving in the air. I think she probably wanted him to sign them. She did, didn't. but every time she held them up was while he was singing. Yeah. She wasn't holding them up in like the interludes between the songs. She right. Was holding them up like during the freaking choruses of the song. Right. Like I, I get it. You you love these records. I, I saw one of them was Boy George's first solo album. You love Sold. Good for you. Um, Sorry. Probably, yeah, no, I get it. Uh, this is this is the fun of this. You get to vent about the little things that the pissy wobble shows sometimes too. But that that song went over over really well. That song is a fan favorite for a reason. Yeah, I loved it. Anything else you want to say on Church of the Poison Mind? No. All right, I'll, I'll just say uh, I taped quite a bit of that one for my dad because that's one of his favorites. Uh, my dad got me into Culture Club, so. I had to get some of that for him. Somehow. Yeah, my dad. My dad's like favorite bands are like Rat and Def Leppard, but he loves Culture Club. Um, moving on, uh, we got a song I wasn't expecting, and I also wasn't expecting it in its, its uh, the form we got it in, uh, the War Song. Um, so that song is a song that you know. I think George even said before we started. You know, people have said this song is kind of dumb, and I don't necessarily disagree with them, but I agree with the sentiments. Um, and when he's performed it these last couple years, it's been this strange arrangement where 
the chorus is like the original song, but then the verses are like slowed down and subdued and at a different tempo. Um, it's, it's very jarring. You can hear it on the live album, Live at Wembley, uh, for you uh, live album nerds out there like me. Um, but I, I never really liked that arrangement. So the fact that they did it like super close to the original album arrangement, like the only thing that was missing was that little plunky piano keyboard riff do 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 uh we are going to uh pause recording for a second while we deal with this madness stay tuned okay so we just talked about war song um the next song in the set list was uh miss me blind which he'd accidentally introduced before war song so we knew that was coming um that song's another hit that was a big hit for them in the 80s. Um, I love that song. I love that... Uh, <laughs> Mikey? Mikey gets to shred on the guitar? Again, I'm sorry if I got the name wrong. Uh, please direct your hate mail to uh, my ass uh, at Rectum Lane. Okay, gonna go. sorry. <laughs> okay, we deal, we're dealing with traffic, folks. Open your eyes, motherfucker. And your buttholes. Anyways, but Miss Me Blind, I think that went over well. The audience was ready for that song. Um, I think they were, they liked it even a little more than the war song. Uh, any memories on Miss Me Blind, babe? It's okay. It's all right. Just, just <laughs> your, your honesty will endear you to many people. <laughs> miss me. I know you miss me. I know you miss me blind. No? All right, well, I think you were a little tired at that point. Yeah. So that was the last. I think I sat down. That, <laughs> that was the last song in the main set. Then uh, after some cheering for an encore, uh, they all come back out, and George makes some comment about Mick Jagger saying, Mick like, Jagger saying Harry Styles doesn't look like him, it doesn't sound like him, it could never be him. Well, George is like, well, we all want to be Mick Jagger. We all want, we all want to be Bob Dylan or David Bowie. We all want to be, you know, we all strive towards that. So we're going to do a little tribute to Mick tonight. So I was really worried they were going to do moves like Jagger. But that's not a Mick Jagger song. I know, so. but I thought he was just going to make fun of him. That would have been funny, but I would have been disappointed too. I would have been like, oh. I was like, oh, but, yeah, no, I wasn't hoping he was. I was like, oh, please don't do moves like Jagger. Please don't do moves like Jagger. Well, at first they start playing this solid, like, dance beat. And I'm like, are they going to do uh, Hot Stuff or Miss You? But it didn't seem right to be that. So I couldn't figure out what Stone song they were going to do. And then it dawns on me. Oh, my God. They're doing Sympathy for the Devil. And it sounds fucking awesome. It, yeah, you couldn't even tell that that's what song it was. Like, it, they made it into a disco song, people. And it was amazing. They did, yeah. That was, like, you couldn't. You had to listen to the lyrics to know that that's the song they were doing. Well, the melody was there too, I thought. Well, yeah, but I mean, it it took a minute to figure it out. Yeah, like, my jaw was on the floor. I was not expecting that. And again, yeah. George, please, put that on the album. It, it, you were glorious. You were a uh, bedazzled satanic phoenix rising from the ashes. <laughs> and it was beautiful. Anything else you'd like to add? Ah, uh, yes, in and out Burger. Uh, unfortunately, it's a little late for that, and we have work in the morning. <laughs> I don't know that my asshole could take that right now. Anyways, um, 
the other thing about that song was they also use that as a chance to do band introductions, which is always, it's always cool. I always like it when bands do that. I think it's important to introduce the people you play with, especially if you're like a, you know, like a smaller band that's augmented by additional touring musicians that aren't usually part of the band. I think that's good that you, you bring attention to them. And uh, they introduced all the backing singers, uh, the backing musicians, the, the last-minute addition of the saxophone player who was there because their regular guy caught the COVID, caught the Rona, and he did great. He did really well for being thrown in there, like, today, a few hours before the concert. Yeah, he did amazing. Absolutely. Uh, next, we got another thing I wasn't expecting. We got another cover song I, that I don't know the name of. Uh, first, I thought George was fucking with us and going to play Karma Chameleon because he said, oh, it's this little love song, good Gershwin number. And he does this, like, smooth, like, Sinatra-esque, like, song. From, yeah. Oh, that's a Gershwin song. Uh, like, it's, you know, I'm looking for a man to love me type of song. Like, yeah, and he sang it. He said. <laughs> I, he sang it gorgeously. It was wonderful. Um, not what I expected. And perhaps should have been earlier in the set instead of in the encore section. But it was good. It was really good. Um, and then, of course, we were treated to your traditional ending of Karma Chameleon, big sing-along, big fun, everybody happy. There could have been a better sing-along. I think the crowd had started to disperse by then. Yeah, I think the crowd and was a little frustrated with the, uh, the covers, covers. Yeah, the two covers there in the middle of the encore. And they, had, they were all so freaking wasted that some of them weren't standing up. <laughs> I and didn't care. They had started thinning out, and he was trying to do the sing along, and it, like it wasn't working. <laughs> yeah, I thought I I was just happy to hear that oh, song. Oh no, I was happy to hear it too. It's a it's a great song. That's one hit I never get tired of. Like that's how you know. Like I'm a guy that usually gets tired of hits really easily, but that one I don't. I love yeah. that song. So. I you know I did not honest actually like I knew that song, but I didn't really know that song until I was in college. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Marching band? People that I I was friends with in marching band, yeah. I remember driving around with people and, like, that song coming on the radio and everybody, like, I think there were, like, six of us in a car that, probably six or seven of us in a car that safely drove, like, five. <laughs> and that song came on and everybody started singing it and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this song is, but fun. It is. It's a classic for a reason. It's, it's a beautiful song. Uh, that wrapped up the show. It was, it was a wonderful night. Um, one of the best shows we've seen all year. I definitely think so. And I'm more than glad I dropped a lot of money on those tickets because I had a really good time. And it just reminded me again how much I love their music. They're kind of an oddity in my music collection, but man, I love them. I love the music. I love Boy George's voice. And, uh, I look forward to more new music for them. I want to see them again. I'd love to take my parents. I think they'd have a great time at that show. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and there's one last thing we got to address that I forgot to address earlier. Is you wanted me to talk about it. So, George had made some joke uh, during the show about being the band being a three-legged table because oh, they yeah. were down a man. Yeah. And uh, then he made a joke about the royal family. So, yeah. do you know about the relationship between the original drummer of Culture Club, John Moss, and Boy George? I think you mentioned it, yeah. They were lovers. Yeah. They were they were lovers, and a lot of the songs were about their relationship, the, you know, the tumultuous parts of it. And John is a guy who uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm not trying to judge someone's sexuality here. I'm just, I'm just stating a fact. Uh, he now claims to be 100% heterosexual. He's married with kids. And him and George have a strained, have always had a strained relationship, you know, ever since they split. Um, I mean, he's been, he was part of the reunion in the 90s, and he was part of that last reunion album that came out in 2018. But he was fired before the tour, so I, I know they kind of have, a, like, a bit of a tumultuous relationship. Um, so I think it's just, it was just kind of George's way of, like, wink, nudge, nudging, like, you know, hey, look, we fight. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe he won't. But right now, he's not here. Because I thought he was pointing over, like, to the side when he said that. Oh, I didn't see that. Because that's why I was confused. I was like, because he was pointing over, like, where. I think it was pointing at the, the drum set because that's where John would have been. He was, was pointing it? like in front of the the singer or the back of the singers. Oh, okay. Like, and over here would have a missing member. Where... Maybe he was a little discombobulated. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. The drum set's usually over here, but we've moved it, and now I'm confused. Yeah. But yeah, that was a that was a little crack of John, and the new guy they've got, uh, who was just introduced as Jermaine. Uh, Great, great drummer. Hit the skins just right. Played the reggae beats well. Yeah, so let's uh, wrap this up. This is going to be the first part of like a little trilogy of special concert reviews first episodes. part of my torture. <laughs> Your torture. Uh, the wife's torture. <laughs> but uh, this has been fun, babe. Um, next one will be coming to you after the Joe Jackson show. So be ready, people. Please don't hate me. Until um, next time, I am the Sly Dog. This is the wife. Peace, love, music, wife. Would you like to say anything to close us out? Bye. Bye? <laughs> uh, do you guys really want to hurt me? Peace. You sheltered me from home Kept me warm, kept me warm You gave my life to me, yeah. set me free You set me free Of all the years I ever knew oh. Those final ones I spent with you My life, my heart, my home I would give everything I own Just to talk to you Words again Oh, just to hold you Once again me how to cry I don't know why Just don't know why You told those lies to me Set me free You set me free Of all the years I ever knew 
listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.